team is family to me. Not only the fans, but the players, the staff. Everything about this place is my home. Hello and welcome to episode one of the Upper 90 Club podcast, a roundtable discussion where five friends argue about the Columbus crew. None of us has podcast podcasted before, but we'll figure it out. And we're glad to have an audience cheer us on while we try to avoid too many own goals. I'm your host, Mark Himmel, aka Mars, and with me is my old friend and former bandmate. This podcast was his idea. He's our resident maniac reporting from an undisclosed location in his own home, Ben Schreiber. Ben, say hi, and please describe your living conditions in the bunker there. Well, hello. Uh, My bunker is a secret room in the bottom of my basement filled with lights and currently lots of scars behind me to prove (laughs) that I watch soccer and I buy stuff. How's everybody doing? Uh, Great. Wonderful. (laughs) Thanks. All right. Morton Crosby, our chief strategy officer of scoring and winning and shooting and scoring. He's our voice of notoriety, complete with Norwegian accent. Welcome to the club, Mort. Thanks, Mark. Um, First, I have to come out and say that I'm really from Johnstown. Um, I know that accents give an undeserved credibility. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, I learned at a young age, fake it till you make it. All right, thank you. And I'm still trying. (laughs) Thank you. And Tracy Mock, he's our club trainer and fitness director. Thanks again for the beers, Trey, and welcome to the club. How are you feeling? Oh, fantastic, Mars. I am ready to rip, roar. Let's get this pod rolling. (laughs) Okay. Finally, a man I've known since we played rec league hoops together in kindergarten, maybe even preschool, Matt Haas, our statistician and whiner-in-chief. He's whining right now while he's drinking his wine. He's definitely drinking wine. Say hi, Haas. <laughs> hi, Haas. Longtime crew fan, first time caller. Looking right, forward one. to many more conversations about the crew and U.S. men's national team while we try and figure out how podcasts work. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm pretty sure this is this is not it. But let's try and get started. So before we jump into the crew, I want to talk about the U.S. men's national team window that we just closed. It was a short window, and it was a bad window. There were two games. We scored zero goals, and we played Japan and Saudi Arabia. Um, I don't have high hopes, but Ben, I'd like to hear what your thoughts are. Well, I'm not optimistic, um, but at the same time, I don't think the sky's falling like you know Twitter and Reddit has us believe. This window was poor. Uh, the players were poor. I think the tactics were poor. Um there were some okay performances. It was good to see Raina back on the field, but my main concern is, is he okay? And, you know, for me personally, I think he's got the highest ceiling and he's my favorite player to watch on the field. And I think he's going to be the one that's going to be able to unlock the low block and to see him walk off was, you know, is terrifying because that guy's made of glass. So like I said, I thought Turner played well. It was good to see Scally. Uh, but for the most part, I don't think anybody's stock rose. So, you know, ultimately, you know, it's a bad window. After a couple more sleeps, I think I'll be back on the U.S. train and I'll try to keep it positive. But, you know, we'll see how everybody plays for their club over the next couple months. I'm not so sure. I think that the lineup that they played against Saudi Arabia is who I would have expected to see uh, starting at the World Cup. But, you know, the result wasn't there. So, I don't know. Trey, did Greg miss the mark with this camp? 
Yeah, I 100% believe that he missed the mark with this camp. I ended up with more questions after this past week than I than I have answers. I am really unsure now who should be on the plane Nikitar, who should even be in the lineup. The two lineups that he put out against Saudi Arabia and Japan, both were lackluster. Both showed about 15 minutes of positive energy on the field. I will admit that I am a Greg Berhalter apologist to a fault, but I can't see what he was trying to do with this with this window. I think he really missed the mark. I think this window should have been about moving forward, creating positive energy, and getting a team that was ready to play for the World Cup, not about figuring out who to take, not about figuring out which formation to run with with which personnel on the field. Well, yeah, so I hear you, but you know, we've got to we've got to find some positivity going into this group stage. Um, you know, we got we got a couple months like you said. More, what do you think? What do you think we have to be optimistic about between now and and when group stage starts? I think the good thing is that we still have fifty days. We have we have some time to get it right, and since we have a young squad, you know we can really peak at the right moment and get the team to have some swagger. And I believe we have eleven to thirteen players that really holds the level. So if we can get rid of the injuries coming in there and being on a on a good trajectory, I, I think we can uh, can make some noise. Yeah, I hear you. Well, I guess we'll just see what happens in a couple months, and we'll have plenty of time to talk about that. Uh, for now, let's take a break, and when we come back, we'll jump into the crew. Big news for the Columbus Crew soccer team. Right now, the crew, they're practicing over at Ohio State, but that will change. In 1997, the crew announced today that they will be building a state-of-the-art practice facility in Obet, the plan calls for a 5,000-square-foot facility that will house two practice fields and the team headquarters. And we're back. Uh, want to talk a little bit about the crew. We've got three games left. Uh, I know we're below the line, but I want to get the rundown from Haas. So give us the state of the crew. Yeah, so three games left. This coming Saturday, the 1st of October, we're up against New York Red Bulls. They are currently third in the East with 50 points. They've played 32 games, so they're one ahead of us, and they have officially clinched a playoff spot, uh, but they are looking for more points to keep them in the top four of the table, uh, which would earn them home playoff advantage. Uh, this is the final home game of the year for Columbus. Tickets left are standing room only, so it seems like there should be a good crowd on hand. Our game following that is Wednesday, the 5th of October at Charlotte. They are 10th in the East with 38 points. And I don't remember the details of this one. I couldn't find them, but I think the game starts partway through the game where they left off in the rain delay. And I believe there's some weird rules where they have to be playing the players they had on the field at the time if they haven't been injured. Is that the I couldn't game? find those details in writing. Is, Is that, that the game, game? we lost Mensa? Whoa. Wow. So, so like it's it's just the second half of the game we started three weeks ago? I think they only got like 15 minutes in. 16, I think. Yeah. 16. Well, zero, yeah, zero. And right. I think we had subbed off Mensa. Okay. So this is just a make this is the makeup game. All right. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. It's the rest of the yeah. game. They should just start it over. Um yeah. MLS is gonna MLS. And then okay. Sunday, the 9th of October, 
We are at Orlando, and they are f- currently fifth in the East at 45 points, also 31 games played. So they're kind of in the same boat as the Red Bulls trying to jump up and get the home playoff advantage. Some of the big ones we need to watch out for, I think, for the most part, are the Miami games coming up because I feel with us being tied on the table with them, both at 42 points, and they have the advantage over us, uh, which I believe is just based off of wins. Yeah. And I guess we could jump them if they lose all three of their last games, but probably not going to happen. Cool. And the crew's final game of the season is Sunday, the 9th of October at Orlando. They are fifth in the East with 45 points. They've also played 31 games, same as the crew. And they will be trying to attempt the same as the Red Bulls and getting more points to hopefully secure home playoff advantage. Thanks, Matt. So, uh, yeah, so we're kind of, we're sitting sitting on the line there. Uh, we're, we're below Miami, like you said. Um, I You know, I'd like to kind of understand what, you know, what ideal scenarios are going to play out that gets us uh, over the line. Trey, do you have, do you have an idea of how, you know, what, what, what the easiest path to, to get into the playoffs is going to be for us? It's really going to take three wins. Um, with us playing Red Bull, Charlotte and Orlando, and then Miami's going to play Toronto, Orlando, Montreal, Toronto sitting 13th, Orlando's fifth and Montreal second. There's a chance that they'll drop points with the Orlando and the Montreal. Um, and above them is Cincinnati. Cincinnati plays Seattle, who's 10th in the 10th in the West. Chicago is 12th and DC is last place. So the chance of them mm-hmm. dropping a lot of points is not likely. So we need to start winning. We need three wins out of these three games. I disagree. We're going to get in with about five. Yeah, I mean, and here, and I'll I'll tell you why we're we're lucky. We're lucky because in two of these rounds, uh, three of the teams that are involved are going to play each other. So um, we're going to need seven points to be safe, I think. But we can get it off with five as long as we take points from Orlando and we have some luck getting into it. So right now, there's five teams involved here. We got Orlando, Cincinnati, Miami, Crew, and Atlanta. Cincinnati is playing nobody that has any implication of the mix. So they're through. They're playing teams. No doubt about it, they're in it. I'm sorry to say it, but they are in. They need they need one win out of the three, and they're still being probably. Here comes the interesting thing. I think the, the team that we're going to count on failing is Orlando. Miami is running on a high. They're going to play two games at home where they're solid, so not going to drop any points. So it's going to be a story about the crew, Orlando, and Miami. And it might come down to us going to Orlando, needing two, a two-goal win at least to go through because we are lost that first game, you remember, by two goals against Orlando. So they have the, the advantage over us. Um, so we're st- struggling a little bit on the head-to-head. Um, Orlando have to play Miami uh, in, the, in that round 43, I think. So we know that somebody's going to drop points in that. And that's really the important thing. Atlanta on the ninth place, they have two games left. They can win both of them. They're still not going to be in. So I think we have a pretty decent chance to back in, just back ourselves in, like in the third of those spots that are available out of those five teams. So if so, it sounds like, we, you know, obviously we got to beat Orlando. 
if they're one of the potential teams that we're going to jump, right? So you're saying we don't have to win all three. Where are we going to get the other four points that we need beyond beating Orlando? At least to draw at Red Bull. It's going to be a close game. Um, they're coming off a loss in New York Derby against uh, NYFC. Um uh, playing on them historically, we are we're, we played them 32 times. Let's put it like this. We have 12 wins. They have 12 wins. There's eight draws. We're totally on 500 with that club. There's always tight. And it's, 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 they're far away, but it's always kind of been a little bit of a rivalry game there. We had some playoff games against them in history. They know they want to be able to knock us out. They will love it. Uh, we played 1-1 in April. Last year, we won 1-2-1. They beat us 2-1 in the other so it's going to be tight. So we're going to need to go out, get the goals. The good news I've seen, they don't score a whole lot of late goals. But, I mean, that could change against us. Well, hopefully we don't see that with a sold-out crowd um, for our last home game, uh, our last yeah. regular season. And it's fan appreciation game. night or something that like is. that, isn't it? They they have something going on. And I, and I, think, it's, and I think it's already sold out or it's going to be sold out. I anticipate it being sold out. Yeah. But, I mean, if passes precedent, I don't see a sold-out crowd. You know, I don't think we, we don't necessarily win with sold-out crowd and all the backing possible, which isn't great. But, yeah, I think I think in general, you know, I, I think I think the game plan is to go out, come out swinging for all three of these games. I, I think that's typically what we do anyway. I don't think Porter typically sits back and tries to play um, counter too terribly much. Um but I think he'll come out swinging against Red Bulls. Um, Charlotte, same deal. Um, and then Orlando, I think, is going to be the be the ultimate game. And, and as a consumer of just, you know, MLS soccer in general, this is great. The parity right in the middle. You know, you got teams sitting on 40, 42, 42, 45, 45, and 49. Let's see. Is there anybody? What's below that? It's any, yeah, Charlotte's at 38. So, I mean... What a time to be alive, huh? But I, I don't think, I don't think three wins is necessary. But there, you know, there is a good chance that you know five doesn't get us through, which means we got to come out swinging, and we got to close games. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Um, Bailey Johnson with the dispatch said this. Uh, in this three-game span, where the crew have given up four goals after the seventy-fifth minute. In the 89th and 94th minutes in Montreal, in the 82nd minute in Miami, and the 95th minute against Portland, Porter's made a different decision each time in the hopes of getting a different result. So, what's going on? And what do you think we're going to see for these last three games? I think the question that everybody is asking is, is it the players or the coach? And I think what they're saying with the dispatch is, hey, say what you will about Porter, but he's made different changes in these games with the same outcome. Um, he's tried different things. So, you know, if we're going to be pointing fingers, who's who's to blame? And, you know, I don't know. Haas, what do you think? We've talked about this. I mean, at this point in the year, you got to think Porter has it figured out. We have three games left and he's trying new things each and every game. It just seems a little questionable. I mean, I know we've dealt with some injuries here and there. Mad scientist. (laughs) (laughs) 
There's too many variables. Yeah, and I think at the end of the game, like. uh, the last time <laughs> um, when he, you know, cursed during the 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 presser at the end, um, it was pretty clear he was throwing your bow under the bus. Um, you know, just saying, hey, all you got to do is kick it. All you got to do is clear it. And I'm like, I, you know, I talked to Trey about this and it's like 50-50 to me. It's like, yeah, sure. You put players in expecting them to know how to play soccer. I get it. But, you know, this is not like a one-time thing. This is something systemic. And you have done different stuff and it hasn't worked. I mean. Mm. That specific run of play, I watched it many times recently, unfortunately, just to try to understand what exactly happened. And Yaboa does get a foot to the ball. He tries to shoulder a guy out of position to win the ball. He gets knocked down, and so does another defender. Moreno wins the ball. He attempts to cross it out to the left. And in that attempt, he kicks the ball directly into the face of his teammate who is on the ground. It miraculously rebounds. He chests it down. It bounces once, and he volleys it in. Like, it's just a freak play that happened for them to tie that game. But at the same time, that's not the first time it's happened to the crew at the end yeah, of a game. Cue like the that. Benny Hill song. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to say. Um, I get it's frustrating. He, uh, he's done different stuff. He's tried different people. He's tried putting in a center back. Um, he keeps putting in Hurtado for God knows why. Um it just, it, you know, as a crew fan, it breaks my soul to see this stuff happen again and again. I think the international break probably came at the right time for us. Um, I think picking yourself up and going to play in a game after the last one. I'm just thinking about, I wasn't on the field, but sitting in the car in silence. And just the, the emotion, how you kind of felt like life just ran out of you. And it just stuck with me for like a day. I mean, as a player, you know those guys. You say you 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 talk about the players. You say I don't care, whatever. They care even more than we do. When you're in that locker room, you're hurting. So I think the good news for us is we got we got the international break. People got to get that out of their head. Some people got to have a little bit of different experience, losing with another team in Europe, you know. So um, so I think they might have a chance to brush themselves up and just get the mentality and 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 reset. And I think that's that's the positive thing here, at least. I think that's a good shout. Trey, thoughts? Hmm. Yeah, I I think at this point in the season, with three games left, you have a team that has just had a really bad run of luck. Um, and I mostly said that because of, of what Ben had referenced earlier of Caleb's trying different things. It's different players making different mistakes, and it just keeps happening. Um, Unfortunately, professional sports and college sports and um, I guess even youth sports, this this happens. Um, It's not fun. It's not entertaining. But all you can look at is where are we at? What have we been doing positively? What can we try to mitigate negatively to move forward and to get three points out of the next game. Because at 
this point in time during the season, ties are not going to be enough to propel us into the playoffs. And I think this team is good enough to beat anybody, yep. but they're also bad enough to lose to anybody. Um, we've had Montreal beat twice. Um, I think it even in, it, were we close on the NYCFC game, I think. Um, but I mean, even Philadelphia, what was it early in the game? It was, it was some stupid mistake that room made dropping the yeah, ball Phil, like into the net or something. Like 20, nothing like, you know, and this is right. And, and I, I think even our last game against them was like a two nothing or, or two, two, or, I mean, it was a really close game. Um, the players have just got to take this on themselves and they need to find a way to gut out wins. They need to find a way to make it happen. I don't think Caleb's strategy is that bad. I don't think the players on the field are that bad. They just need to find a way to win. They need to find a way to gut through it at the end of the game and really, you know, propel them into the playoffs. Okay, so along that line, uh, you know, we've talked about it a little bit, but how do we set up against Red Bull? Um, and, you know, what what changes, if any, would you make to the personnel on the field, uh, either at the start or or for subs? Yeah, uh, who do we have? Current injuries right now is just um, Sir Perry Kitchen. He's still the only one out. I think he's knighted. I haven't seen any updates on uh, oh, yeah. Jonathan Mensa, but he did miss time. He's had some time to recover, but I, I couldn't find anything, any official updates. Yeah, I think the main talking point with this stuff is uh, the wingers. Uh, um, Molino came out and played great. Um, Diaz is always a threat, and you know Etienne's a bit of a wild card. If he's playing well, he's really good. Do you start Molino? That's a, that's my question. That I never thought I would say that, but I I might agree. I think you might start him, and you might have Etienne coming in like the wild card. There's a couple other changes I would make from the last uh, couple of games. Artur can't start. Morris have to start. Um, he has lost his way after his injury. He's not the same player. He. Uh, he uh, doesn't glide around. He makes too many and he makes mistakes. He doesn't go in hard enough. He, you know, doesn't put in the same work rate. It's not the same player. So Marcin, the other thing that I, I probably would do as well is I probably have Sands back in. I, I think he's been solid. I think he deserves to start. And if if anything, I will uh, I will uh, start uh, Pedro, um, maybe coming in as yeah. Uh, I love on, Sands. On you guys know me. I've been, yeah. He, you know, as he's a left back, really he's well. been, I yeah. think he's been solid. He's been solid going forward. He's been solid on the back end. Yeah, his his composure. Yeah, his composure has been really good. It's you know when he's getting the ball, it's not just a boot up down the line. You know, up and up and out. It's he's looking for that central pass or that you know the one two going out. I mean, it's it's been a, a breath of fresh air from what we've seen from Pedro and fill in the blank with yeah. whatever other back. Yeah. Sands has been great. And I, I do miss, you know, I wonder what it would be like to have Santos come in, cut in like he does have Z be free to do whatever he wants and just let his, you know, 
let him be the 10 and run around and create space and create havoc and then have, you know, Cucho up there just scoring whenever he wants because that's what he does. Um, that's, I think that's kind of neat. And, uh, I do like Diaz on the wing, you know, with, with Z and Cucho taking all the things, you know, all the players and creating the space and having him just fly like the past, I'd say six or seven games, he has just been a menace. Like I, I tried to count how many yellow cards he's, you know, basically given out to defenders just by just beating them down the line. I mean, he's taken a beating poor guy, but he's a monster if he wants to be. Um, but like I always say, if he was just good at soccer, he'd be the full soccer player. But yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I like him. I like him to start. I like him to run at people, beat them down. And then if he needs to come out and, you know, put Etienne in, that's fine. But mo- I, I agree with Artur. I, you know, is it, with Sands being young and doing great, play him. Get him that experience. He's a fighter. Same thing with Morris. I've always been high on Morris. That guy, his work rate is intense. And I think he can actually take it to another level. Um, and I really like him in there with Nagby and um, Zellerin, which we normally don't see those three. We normally see like, um, you know, our tour with Z or they um, bring in Morris with our tour and Nagby back. But I like, it's a good shout. I think Molino has been playing great is, is what I'm saying. And I think him and Diaz starting um, and then Molino cutting in and being like, you know, helping Z and having Zellerin be the number 10 and finding that space and then having Sands crash forward has been wonderful. So for Saturday, we're thinking we want to have Sands start, we want to have Molino start, and maybe try Might out be. Santos on the left wing. I mean, I think Santos is still going to start at left back. I like the idea of Sands coming in. But I don't think it's going to happen. I think they're going to start Santos. I think Molino starts, and I think Diaz starts, and Etienne brings on the fresh legs. And I'll say it again. I, you know, if if we're up one nothing, eighty eighth minute, bring on a second goalie. I don't see any problem in that. <laughs> Soccer one hundred and one. <laughs> you want to see Bush? Yeah, Eddie Gavin. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, we kind of already talked about playoffs, but let's just kind of go around and give your predictions, um, kind of the same way we did with the, with the U S right. Um, I want to hear, I want to hear whether you think we're going to make it and, um, and what's, what's gonna, if, if we are, what does it for us? We'll start with Haas. I mean, call me a fool. Because I've believed it all season, and I think they can. I think they can take all three games. I mean, they have it in them if they can stay healthy. If they can finish a game, I think they can take nine points from these three games. So I, I mean, I think they're. I think they're in. They're not going to have any home games in the playoffs, but I think they're going to make it. Yeah, wasn't it, you know, it was like three weeks ago, I heard some stat that was like, they had, they had, the last time they had lost a game was, you know, in May or something. And, and it was this, this incredible stat. 
And then three weeks later, we realized that it's because they were all draws. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> we, we, we need to close them out. Right. Uh, and I think we've, we've done most of the work for most of the games and finding a way to close it out. will will get us there. What about you, Trey? I will be the optimist here and say, yes, I think we're going to squeeze in. And I think it's because of inner Miami falling off. I know they're hot right now, but I really think Columbus has a good shot at just squeezing past them. Um, Cincinnati's currently up right now. They're at halftime. New York City could also, their run of form recently has been terrible. They got two games left, um, so that could also be something to watch. But I I really bank on Inter-Miami. Or actually, now that I look at it, it could be Orlando too. I mean, Orlando plays what us and Inter Miami, is that correct? Yeah. So I mean, Orlando could be the ones that, if they lose to both us and Inter Miami, they could be the odd man out. So I'm saying we squeeze in, and I'm going to put my cards on Orlando being the odd man out. Okay. I like it. Mort, what about you? Well, you heard my breakdown earlier on the numbers. Um, I think Orlando's going to be the one that's going to drop playing. They they gave up uh, one loss and a draw against the two teams around them. They're probably down, and they're playing a difficult game in the first game too. So my my brain and the math I believe in, my heart <laughs> on the other side, is it's one of those uh, fool me once, Shame on you. Fill me twice. Shame on me. Uh, my, I, I can't get my heart to say yes again right now. They have to show something in this first game to get me up and believing again. But right now, I'm, I'm heartbroken and I'm, I'm living in the. All right, well, all right that, that's good. We'll check in next week and ho- hopefully we'll have something, uh, something better to talk about. Um, about you, yeah. First off, Haas, you're a fool. Nine points, get your head out of your butt. Uh, and if you see more down the streets, that boy needs a hug. Um, he's heartbroken. I, I think, I think we'll squeeze in. I think we'll get above the line. Um, enter Miami. I mean, that's the good, you know, the Iguain train. I, you know, between them and Orlando, I don't, I don't see them closing out. And the other thing too is, you know, for the most part, you know, we haven't gotten blown out of games we've been on the front foot and, you know, with the international break, you know, my hope is if, you know, Porter's got it figured out, we're healthy. These three games will take, you know, I, I think we'll probably take seven points, two ties or two wins and a tie. Um, you know, we've been playing on the road pretty well and we know what's at stake. So ultimately, you know, I'll never not say we're going to make the playoffs. Even if we had 20 points right now, I'd be like, we're going to make it. So, yeah, I, I say we're in. I'm yeah. with you. You got to believe. You know, it's like, it's, uh, there's, there's so many ways. There's not a lot of ways, but, you know, there's enough ways to believe um, that, that these guys are going to pull it out. So, I'm with you. Thanks, everyone, for joining the club. We hope you'll listen next week and every week, even in the offseason, to celebrate or commiserate. 
we'll save you a seat. If you like this podcast, please give us five stars and subscribe. You can email us at upper90clubpod at gmail.com. That's upper90clubpod at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at upper90clubpod. Go crew!